Section 20 of the Underground Railroad, Part 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Underground Railroad, Part 2 by William Still. Section 20. Sam, Isaac, Perry, Charles, and Green. $1,000 reward. Ran away on Saturday night, the 20th September, 1856. From the subscriber, living in the 9th District of Carroll County, Maryland. Two Negro men, Sam and Isaac. Sam calls himself Samuel Sims. He is very black, shows his teeth very much when he laughs no perceptible marks he is five feet eight inches high and about thirty years of age but has the appearance of being much older isaac calls himself isaac dotson he is about nineteen years of age stout made but rather chunky broad across his shoulders he is about five feet five or six inches high always appears to be in a good humor laughs a good deal and runs on with a good deal of foolishness he is a very light color almost yellow might be called a yellow boy has no perceptible marks they have such a variety of clothing that it is almost useless to say anything about them no doubt they will change their names i will give the above reward for them of one thousand dollars or five hundred dollars for either of them if taken and lodged in any jail in maryland so that i get them again also two of mr dade's living in the neighborhood at the same time no doubt they are all in company together thomas b owings these passengers reached the philadelphia station about the twenty fourth of september eighteen fifty six five days after they escaped from carroll county they were in fine spirits and had borne the fatigue and privation of travel bravely a free and interesting interview took place between these passengers and the committee eliciting much information especially with regard to the workings of the system on the farms from which they had the good luck to flee each of the party was thoroughly questioned about how time had passed with them at home or rather in the prison house what kind of men their masters were how they fed and clothed if they whipped bought or sold whether they were members of church or not and many more questions needless to enumerate bearing on the domestic relation which had existed between themselves and their masters these queries they answered in their own way with intelligence upon the whole their lot in slavery had been rather more favorable than the average run of slaves no record was made of any very severe treatment in fact the notices made of them were very brief and but for the elaborate way in which they were described in the baltimore sun by their owners their narratives would hardly be considered of sufficient interest to record the heavy rewards beautiful descriptions and elegant illustrations in the sun were very attractive reading the vigilance committee took the sun for nothing else under the sun but for the special literature and for this purpose they always considered the sun a cheap and reliable paper a slave man or woman running for life he with the bundle on his back or she with the babe in her arms was always a very interesting sight and should always be held in remembrance likewise the descriptions given by slaveholders as a general rule showed considerable artistic powers in the most thorough knowledge of the physical outlines of this peculiar property indeed the art must have been studied attentively for practical purposes 
when the advertisements were received in advance of arrivals, which was always the case, the descriptions generally were found so lifelike that the committee preferred to take them in preference to putting themselves to the labor of writing out new ones for future reference. This, we think, ought not to be complained of by any who were so unfortunate as to lose wayward servants, as it is but fair to give credit to all concerned. True, sometimes some of these beautiful advertisements were open to gentle criticism. The one at the head of this report is clearly of this character. For instance, in describing Isaac, Mr. Thomas B. Owings represents him as being of a very light color, almost yellow, might be called a yellow boy. In the next breath, he has no perceptible marks. Now, if he is very light, that is a well-known southern mark, admitted everywhere. A hint to the wise is sufficient. However, judging from what we have seen of Isaac in Philadelphia, there was more cunning than foolishness about him. Slaves sometimes, when wanting to get away, would make their owners believe that they were very happy and contented, and, in using this kind of foolishness, would keep up appearances until an opportunity offered for an escape. So Isaac might have possessed the sagacity, which appeared like nonsense to his master. That slaveholders, above all others, were in the habit of taking special pains to encourage foolishness, loud laughing, banjo-playing, low-dancing, etc., in the place of education, virtue, self-respect, and manly carriage. Slaveholders themselves are witnesses. As Mr. Robert Dade was also a loser, equally with Mr. Thomas B. Owings, and as his advertisement was of the same liberality and high tone, it seems but fitting that it should come in just here, to give weight and completeness to the story. Both Owings and Dade showed a considerable degree of Southern chivalry and liberality of their rewards. Doubtless, the large sums thus offered awakened a lively feeling in the breasts of old slave hunters, but it is to be supposed that the artful fugitives safely reached Philadelphia before the hunters got even the first scent on their track. Up to the present hour, with the owners all may be profound mystery. If so, it is to be hoped that they may feel some interest in the solution of these wonders. The article so accurately described must now be permitted to testify in their own words as taken from the records. Green Modoc acknowledges that he was owned by William Dorsey, Perry by Robert Dade, Sam and Isaac by Thomas Owings, all farmers, and all tough and pretty mean men. Sam and Isaac had other names with them, and not such a variety of clothing as their master might have supposed. Sam said he left because his master threatened to sell him to Georgia, and he believed that they meant so to do, as he had sold all his brothers and sisters to Georgia some time before he escaped. But this was not all. Sam declared his master had threatened to shoot him a short while before he left. This was the last straw on the camel's back. Sam's heart was in Canada ever after that. In traveling, he resolved that nothing should stop him. Charles offered the same excuse as did Sam. He had been threatened with the auction block. He left his mother free, but four sisters he left in chains. As these men spoke of their tough owners and bad treatment in slavery, they expressed their indignation at the idea that Owings, Dade, and Dorsey had dared to rob them of their God-given rights. They were only ignorant farmhands. As they drank in the free air, the thought of their wrongs aroused all their manhood. They were all young men, hale and stout, with strong resolutions to make Canada their future home. The committee encouraged them in this, and aided them for humanity's sake. Mr. Robert Dade's advertisement speaks for itself as follows. Ran away, on Saturday night, 20th, from the subscriber, living near Mount Airy, Peel, Carroll County, to Negro men, Perry and Charles. Perry is quite dark, full face, is about five feet eight or nine inches high, has a scar on one of his hands, 
in one of his legs, caused by a cut from a scythe, twenty-five years old. Charles is of a copper color, about five feet nine or ten inches high, round-shouldered, with small whiskers, has one crooked finger that he cannot straighten, and a scar on his right leg, caused by the cut of a scythe, twenty-two years old. I will give two hundred and fifty dollars each, if taken in the state, and returned to me, or secured in some jail, so that I can get them again, or one thousand dollars for the two, or five hundred dollars each, if taken out of the state, and secured in some jail in this state, so that I can get them again. Robert Dade End of section 20 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida